Uh, all right. Any uh, any preference on which one we start with? Tree of Life first. We'll do that. Tree of Life. Okay. Yeah, we are, Mike, we are starting with The Tree of Life, um, uh, a, a movie uh, by a director, I think, who is maybe the definition of hit or miss, uh, not only um, for, you know, critics uh, and audiences, but I think he would even probably admit that his movies are hit or miss, maybe because of the style he makes them in. For the, those that don't know, Terrence Malick is like the the king of we'll fix it in post. Uh, essentially, he like you know he films a bunch of stuff and then in the editing room kind of puts it all together into a narrative as he sees fit. And sometimes that works really well, and sometimes it works very very poorly. Um, so, what is your what's your kind of history with with Terrence Malick movies? Like, are you a big fan, or no. is it a hit and miss thing for you too? <laughs> no, no, it's mostly miss. Is what you're saying? Okay. I like it. Uh, Coming in hot. <laughs> I my first experience would have been as a teenager with the Thin Red Line, where I was coming to mm. him as a filmmaker by reputation only. Hey, this guy's not made a movie mm. in twenty years, which up to that point uh, would encompass the entirety of my life. So, you know, <laughs> I was not around for Badlands or Days of Heaven. Uh, that would come afterwards, but I, I think. I was, you know, fair enough. I was not a bitter podcaster at that point in uh, 1998, winter 1998, uh, that I was like, I never heard of this guy. Fuck him. Like, you know, I think <laughs> you kind of see that maybe in uh, film Twitter now, especially as you and I are getting older and you're seeing uh, late teens, early 20 somethings who speak with such uh, dismissal of people that maybe you and I have taken for granted as far as like, no, they're in the Mount Rushmore of filmmaking. They're, they're yes. great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll see that with the um, Spielberg West side story, uh, that sort of thing. What was the, wow. like the video game movie that came out? I, I would say those are, you know, that's probably an example of like, this guy's that great. If you're, if you're of a certain right, age, right. Uh, I, I yeah. Ready player yes, one. Yes. Is that the... That's what it was. Yes, um, yeah. Forgettable. <laughs> One of his worst movies, so please don't, sure. don't. There's more out there for Spielberg, I swear. If any kids are listening to this, go search out some Here's the stuff. unfortunate not part with Terrence Malick. There's not that much more, at the very least. Um, the Tree of Life feels like the culmination, uh, as far as maybe where I, uh, for myself, checked out. Uh, but it was really <laughs> the arrival of this filmmaking style that he seems to really get his rocks off on, and I find uh, to be mostly a, a waste of time. Uh, that being said, I did enjoy <laughs> To the Wonder when I watched it once, like I think on Netflix. Uh, I hated uh, Night of Cups and Song to Song, which I believed were filmed mm. concurrently. Then maybe they were one movie, and he decided they, to split them in two. They both stink. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think if you've seen Night of Cups with uh, Christian Bale, that's pretty much spun off from what Sean Penn was supposed to be doing in Tree of Life, but you wouldn't know it because he's barely in this movie. Yes, uh, yes. I, I really, um, I wouldn't say I was a huge fan of Tree of Life when it came out, but I respected it. I, and like when I went to see it, mm -hmm. as soon as it came my way in the art house theater, uh, enjoyed, I don't know, uh, but I felt like it was a <laughs> worthwhile cinematic event. Like it was a nice 
right. especially I think it came out in the summer 2011. And so, you know, in the midst of another Transformers movie or something, I was like, well, this is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, I think it has not aged as well because I just, I've not liked that he's gone into Tree of Life for everything, whether it's a guy who's lonely mm-hmm. in Los Angeles or people attending a uh, South by Southwest festival or something. I I don't know if we can really apply the same uh, thematic bent that we do <laughs> to the origin of all existence to a guy that's like, man, too many hot chicks want to get my pants. Like, now I'm going to mope about it. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it this this much uh, as or as much this time around uh, watching it for a podcast because of all the films that have come after. But I certainly was not negative when it came mm. out. What, what about yourself? Well, actually, this was the first Terrence Malick movie I ever saw. So you, you um, skipped the war movie. It. You skipped yeah, yeah. Uh, the, skipped the Pocahontas movie. You skipped that. <laughs> yeah, yep. Still haven't seen that one, actually, which I've heard is really good. Um, and it's like on my list to watch. But I think actually it almost does a disservice to watch this and not watch other Malick movies because like this to me, like this is great. Like this is a phenomenal film. One of my favorite movies of that year. Um, and then I watch all these other Malick movies and many of them are pretty good. Like Badlands. I really liked a lot kind of going back and checking that stuff out. But you know, you mentioned those, those two not so great movies. Uh, I watched those, I think like right after, um, like, cause you know, I actually watched those when they came out and I was like, maybe, maybe this Terrence Malick guy isn't very good. Maybe, maybe, maybe the tree of life, everything just lined up exactly right. And he got to make his movie with dinosaurs and he got to make the tree of life and it all worked out. And he got to have, as Mike would reference her, the Chastain, the uh, Chastain in a movie, yes. right. which is, I think the, the connection and why we were actually watching this one. Cause I think. We were looking at like what new releases were coming out. I think maybe the Eyes of Tammy Faye was coming out. We, so Mike's we like, have a whole a Chastain arc. movie. Uh, this is a, a yes. series on redheads in film, and <laughs> yes, while this one is it's very true. sad, um, she's she's still there in some capacity. Usually, yes. and that and that helps. Usually, in some <laughs> uh, state of distress, unhappy, yeah. Yeah. unhappy marriage uh, looks beautiful while she's unhappy. Yep. So does Mr. Pitt yes, as, uh, as yes. the, the grouch bucket that we have here. But um... <laughs> grouch bucket. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange role for Brad Pitt. Um, I think this probably must have been a real challenge for him because it's like, hey, you know, everything that's made you a star. Don't do any of that. Don't be charming. Uh, don't uh, don't don't focus on your your looks or your movie starness. Like we're just going to make you be mean and have your jaw set uh, for an entire movie. Um, but I actually really, I really appreciate his performance here. There's a lot of like little things that he does that were really impressive to me. Like even the, even the few moments of tenderness that he shows his sons in this, those are rough. Like even when he's like, you see his shots for him, like putting his hand, you know, kind of behind the head of this, of his kids, like to kind of, guide them along and even that is like his hand is like curled and gripped and rough it's like it's like being padded with a block of concrete and you just you get that energy from him and it's of course the exact opposite of his wife who is like the softest kindest most gentle beautiful woman you could possibly imagine so and i think that's of course purposeful like you have all this kind of all this stuff from Sean Penn's character about these two people who affected him well most. it's also 
kind of wrestling it's inside. In the first him. like five minutes of the movie, and it's like you know the uh, the state of nature cut to Mister Pitt uh, being aggressive towards his children. The state of mm-hmm. grace, uh, the chastain looking beautiful and just enjoying <laughs> nature. Um, and then they explain like what these two people, what their personality types or their uh, the, I guess the archetypes where they stand uh, in this this battle uh, of the world, and I forgot how quick the they established that uh, in voiceover, mm-hmm. and then you know it's you strip out some of the dare I say it like kind of superficial stylistic choices, it, it is basically a kid uh, growing up and pushing back uh, against both parents and seeing how they respond to that, that stimuli. Uh, I would say that the, you know, the plot I would have chosen would have been the expectations one has as a young man, when your genes are a combination of Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain. (laughs) How do you possibly live up to that? Like, unless you become a supermodel, like what do you, what happened to you? Like what happened to you, Sean Penn? Why don't you look better than when you have these two parents? Um, the other thing this this movie really hit home for me is like, and you'll love this, um, is how stupid all these lists are and how focused mm. they are on specific types of movies and specific ages of movies. Because you said like, okay, Chastain's coming out in a movie. Pick a, pick a movie from some of your stupid lists yeah. with Jessica Chastain in it. And this is That's it. That's all she's this got, This was huh? the only option. Which is funny because yeah. she's and like, the, seems like a critical darling, right? She, there's a, when she's she is, attached absolutely. to a film... It's elevated. Now, whether it turns out to be good or right. not, you and I both watched Tammy Faye. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> but it, it does get more uh, of a push because I was like, oh, she chose to be right. involved with this project. She may have burned us a few times within the last couple of years <laughs> that I don't know if she's losing that. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not. A little bit. But but I was thinking like, oh, well, you know, I'll be able to pick Take Shelter or a, hist- a History of Violence. Like these – not on any list because I think they're – because they're more recent and the only – Recent movies that get on these lists, they got to have the cachet of someone like Terrence Malick, right? Then it gets on there. But, like, I mean, Take Shelter is, I mean, five-star movie isn't giving enough credit. Mm. Like, it's a fantastic film. History of Violence also. And there's other movies she's been in that I'm like, you know. And then she does stuff like The Help, which is, uh, you know, not so much, you know. But also gets kind of the critical darling treatment. Um, So it makes me wonder if we look at these lists, these 1,001 movies, which they keep adding to, I think it's up to like 1,200 movies now. If maybe some oh, they of those movies will get in there. Purge. But... They, don't, they don't announce nope. what... Nope, they just eh, keep adding. That's not cool. They Come on, I, I would like to see, here's the list of things... Make some tough choices. ...not worth your time anymore. <laughs> uh, so so what, yes. uh, what list did you happen to pull this, this from? Is it the... This was, I think this was the 1,001. I mean, I yeah. would assume, uh, because it, it was... Uh, well received when it released. I think it probably has uh, remained uh, in the sort of estimation of where it will sit uh, historically. Cause I, I did read that this one was like best of the decade kind of contender. Uh, although it seems like the social network uh, was the best of mm. the 2010s. Um, I myself would go with, with that uh, every day of the week <laughs> because it's entertaining and this is not. Oh well, yeah, if you got to pick a movie to watch, like just for fun. Well, also, yeah, definitely. I had our time. Is, this I had is our time watching this at home. To be honest, I I don't know if it mm. if it works well because I I had very fond memories of it, and I maybe I I did watch it because the you know the 
the Blu-ray was open. I have a lot of, you know, sealed and shrink wrap uh, Blu-rays that's like, oh, that came from a discount bin, and clearly I never got to it. <laughs> I'm doing a uh, – here, here's the difference between our podcasts. Uh, my co-host on Trilogy Theory, Webb, who was always like, yes, let's do uh, Kurosawa month, and then I'm the one to pick yeah. that. And he's like, Snake Eyes <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you should – the next the next six months, I want you every time – you pick a movie to just only pick Gene Hackman mm. movies. I want to see him break. Like I just That's a pretty good list too. If you're going to operate off of a yeah. filmography, not a bad not a bad go. Pretty good. Uh but he has picked uh most recently what I need to watch uh this week for you know my podcasting uh, credits is Stephen King's 1408 with John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. That's what I'm working with over there. Uh that one is shrink-wrapped. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> Some Black Friday deal or something. I give you the tree of life. He gives you Wow, you are you're getting a little bit of everything. It's just on, interesting on these though, shows because you uh, you know you're talking about the limited scope, I guess, of of what we consider like. Yeah, you, know, you cannot have a thousand and one tree of lives to watch before you die. Oh God, uh, who has the energy? Jesus, do you think this? Uh, say this one's on Netflix. I don't. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere uh, because I do own a digital version of it as well. Uh, not uh, mm-hmm. mercifully, you sent me uh, a, a query that's saying, "Oh, which version?" I'm like, "Which version?" And then there's a Criterion yeah, version that's like, "There's a whole new cut, 14 hours long, and it's it's probably Terrence Malick, you know, discovering his that his smartphone can record something, and he's like, he's like the fucking kid from American Beauty, he's just staring at everything, bags blowing in the wind, and and, and then you've got Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain standing there, and they're like, oh, he's filming a, a, a centipede on the sidewalk, and it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I say this as someone that liked Tree of Life. Uh, I do not. Um, I would not put it up. I wouldn't even put it on a thousand one movies. Not at all. I don't. I don't have it. Mm. Best of a decade. Nothing. I. I do think that it was more. This may have been more of the Return of Malik than the Thin Red Line, which had a mm-hmm. little bit of this, but they were still going for a certain degree of plot with the ensemble. And I don't know if this is more of the rightful heir to Days of Heaven, which I also greatly prefer because it gives me mm. gives me something to do. You know, Richard Gere comes to town and just it's over. Oh, there you go, Mister Beady. It's over back. for the other dude. As soon as Richard Gere comes into the picture, you know, you best grab your grab your women folk because you don't know what Mister Beady Eyes is going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get that plot. Uh, I I. What do you think of Sean Penn's involvement here? He was not happy with it because apparently he says the script was genius and then they threw that out. You know, they I guess they filmed it, so they you know, they wasted their time and the producer's time. Uh I I don't know if it's uh effective to have Sean Penn in this. I I can almost deal with the um the sort of floating uh, fluid nature of the family life, even mm-hmm. though I do think they probably give us a bit too much, like for a film that doesn't have much forward momentum, they pretty much want to put all their cards on the table immediately. And then they never really move forward. Like they, they present these two parents mm. as static characters. And it's like a battle of, I don't know if it's choice or influence over this child. And I don't mind that so much because I feel like that's an accurate representation of like childhood memory, but I don't know if I need, Sean Penn, Academy Award winning Sean Penn, to sit there like Anakin Skywalker and pout like over his childhood. <laughs> it looks like he just killed a bunch of Tuscan Raiders every time we cut to him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm not the biggest Sean Penn fan. Like, I'll just put that out Spicoli. first. What's, what I think, are you talking about? Well, I think in very certain roles, he's very good. Um, I just don't think his talents are necessary here. Um, I think the whole point to <laughs> I was his hoping you say, I just don't think here, his talents are necessary. Period. <laughs> <laughs> period. End of sentence. Get out of here, Penn. Um, no, I think the whole point to his character here, like, you, they show him kind of, like, you know, working in some high-rise, like, high-powered industry. And I think it's to show kind of, like, how different his life is now, and yet these two forces still kind of are inside him, and he's still trying to kind of figure this yeah. out. He's still tortured. I've seen, by I've seen my it. so-called life, Mr. Penn. I understand adolescence. <laughs> like, I got it. <laughs> I I wonder if this works better if you have a a younger actor um in in Sean Penn's mm. place here like someone it's like someone in his like you know late 20s early 30s as opposed to someone in his 40s or 50s he's actually sure that's Sean an Penn interesting point he's actually somewhat and i felt that way watching it uh you know this came out uh, a decade ago and i was into it. i think i was the only one in my group of friends you know that's a bad thing you shouldn't go watch tree of life with a group of people probably you know watch it by yourself no, no. Uh, and have yeah. all those you know Long moments of introspection uh, that Dave does not want mm-hmm. to share with Sean Penn at all because it just ruins, <laughs> ruins, ruins right. the movie. Shut up, Spicoli. <laughs> no one's interested in But you. I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm no longer in that window. I'm no longer young enough for this, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite old enough. And you may be on to something about Penn, uh, where mm-hmm. you have a younger actor where you know you're still defined in some way uh, by your father, like in in early manhood, or maybe when you're older and they've passed, but. In whatever small sliver of plot we have, we do witness vaguely like sort of a a snippet of a phone conversation that he's having with his Mm -hmm. father talking about uh, the deceased child, the brother they lost. And yeah, I I think maybe if he was an older man reflecting back. uh, But yeah, the the middle aged sort of hangover he's in. um, And I don't know, maybe that material, you know, clearly just didn't interest Malik because he cut it all out. Um, it is, right. uh, we did on a podcast direct by, uh, the show that preceded this one. We talked about summer of Sam with Adrian Brody and uh-huh. he actually got that part because, uh, Malik was kind enough to send all of the, uh, edited out footage of his, he was basically the co-lead to, uh, Jesus, Jim Caviezel in the thin red line. You wouldn't know it in mm. the final cut, but it, he was kind enough to send that footage to Spike Lee and it got him the gig in that film. So I will I will give Mr. Malik that. That's that's actually the best movie he ever made was allowing Spike Lee to make Summer of <laughs> Sam, which kicks ass. I like this. Summer of Sam is awesome. <laughs> that should be on the A Thousand and One Movies. Oh I would love I would love if I would love if Mike would make an A Thousand and One Movies list. I want to see Mike's list. It would be insane. I bet you it would be Mike a knock that out quickly. Because like, it's a quick yep, I bet you no, could. yep, no, and sure enough we'll have a thousand and one. <laughs> So the I think the even with even though this was uh, kind of a critical darling, I think there is one sequence in the movie um, that that splits hmm. people. Um, the the dinosaur yeah. sequence, the like start of the universe sequence. So I want to know what your thoughts are about that because it does like even for a Malik movie, it comes out of nowhere. Like every time I watch it, I'm always like, "Oh yeah, this thing is here." Like I always forget because the like lead up to it is like relatively subtle, and then all of a sudden there's like 
CGI dinosaurs uh, in a Terrence Malick movie. Not something I ever thought I'd be saying or seeing. So what do what was your do you remember what your reaction to that moment was when you saw cool. this? Go for it. Let's do it. I don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck else you're doing, so might as well. Like at this point, like we gotta <laughs> we gotta have. I don't think the dinosaur itself has probably aged that well. I don't know if it was top of the line. No effects. It, actually, what sticks out about it from what I. Uh, remember is that he, a lot of those shots are really just cool to look at. They look like something like a Apple yeah. screensaver or something. Like, it's like, oh, that's a- Well, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Terrence Malick also. Like, I mean, we haven't really brought it up because like everyone, I think everyone who's ever seen a Malick movie knows this, but this movie is beautiful to look but at. But not the dinosaur. Like, just absolutely And stunning. I think it's because the visual yeah. effects, mm-hmm. they were all, they were practical shots, how they, how they could... Uh, get the light to play off certain objects and and make you you know believe that this was the the birth of the universe. Dinosaur stepping on di- another dinosaur's head. Uh, it's CGI and it's you know I mean it's it's fine I guess I I mm-hmm. yet again I think what sticks out to me is not visually what we're doing there or the fact that we're jumping back uh, to the beginning of uh, you know Earth. I think what bothers me is is heavy handed again. It's it's a you know it's this choice that this one stupid outcast from Jurassic Park is deciding like do I kill for pleasure or not? And mm-hmm. it's not quite two thousand one here. And I think that's uh, yeah. that's that's what it's yeah. aiming for. It quite get I, there. And I think yeah. critics really yes. wanted another a space odyssey. They wanted it so badly. And it's I saw a quote from Ebert where he said Terrence Malick's one of the few directors like. Every time out, he's going for a masterpiece, which... Yeah, big swings. He I really don't know. Is. <laughs> I mean, you, you bring up uh, something like... Uh, what's what's something else from 2011? Like, Drive. I'm pretty sure Nicholas Winning Refn, although it's smaller genre fare, he thinks he's making Same. a masterpiece. Uh, oh, every time yeah. that man takes a breath, he thinks he's making a masterpiece, even, so yes. Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the, the help came out that you probably referenced. I don't know if the director of that was like... This is it. I don't know if he was Burt Reynolds, you know, in the, in the cutting room. <laughs> <I miss it. laughs> this is going to be the one they remember me for. <laughs> My moment, but probably not. But um, it, it, sure. This, this style. It's funny though because could you not say the same about Night of Cups or Song Song? What is the difference as far as the effectiveness? Is it did Malik have like one shot to like not fool the critics, but it's like he had he had one chance to get them with this it's like we were talking about life and death here we we're talking about our, our place in the world and the in time and space mm-hmm. uh and now i want to go see uh musicians play in texas and that's also it that because it's it's really <laughs> yeah. like stylistically there's not much difference between tree of life and what he's done since then yeah stylistically no but i think it's strange to say considering we're talking about this whole sequence with the beginning of the universe and dinosaurs killing mm-hmm. for fun but this particular movie has at least moments or setups that are relatable to most human experience, right? Like living up to your parents and what they not expect specific of you, at all. Like it is connecting. so uh, broad in general. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like Knight of Cups, maybe not so <laughs> so relatable. Um, so I think his the choices that he's making here in terms of the the basically the standard of what the plot is are much easier to connect to. So I think you kind of go along with it a little bit more though. I could imagine like (laughs) I, a friend of mine um, on Twitter actually um, 
mentioned he saw this movie and i guess when he saw it in the theaters there was a sign on it said you know tree of life this is how long it is this is the cost no refunds because they knew people (laughs) were gonna be like like what the fuck is this shit i mean this is the definition of like an art house film in all the positive ways and all the negative ways like i could totally see a quote-unquote normal movie viewer walking into this and being like what the fuck was that that was horrible i don't ever want to watch anything else by terrence malick and then you have you know, fucking assholes like me who are like, ah, genius, it's art. Well, like, you really have both sides. I don't sides think it here. makes you an asshole, but I, I have always kind of held that against the just rabid acclaim for these type of projects. It's it's certainly from mm-hmm. a filmmaking standpoint, uh, there's, a, there's a voice here. Um, it's a distinct voice, but mm-hmm. it's not talking about distinct things. And mm-hmm. I don't know why this, like, this one would be held up more than say something like drive, which drive skews younger and became like a sort of modern, mm-hmm. like fight club, like college dorm room poster, both five star yeah. movies, by the way, uh, I just want to put that out. And there. also both of them <laughs> are not relatable at all, especially drive in particular, because it's like, I, okay, I can't drive a car that well. And also I've never been involved with like gangsters. Uh, and I would yeah. never, uh, put my life on the line for Carrie Mulligan. Fuck that. No, not doing that at all. <laughs> <laughs> the redhead, maybe, but not Carrie uh, Mulligan. Promising That's... young woman, yes, not her character and drive. How about that? Um, ah, fair enough. That's just you. Like, I don't want to get involved with kids. I'm not. Yep. Not getting close. Yeah, I'll be driving away for sure. That's that's it. Uh, Oscar Isaac, that's your problem. It's your bag. Um, but I think that's also something. The point in my life, I I find myself right now. I'm, I guess I'm not incredibly reflective, and maybe post COVID, it's like just just tell me a story. Just tell me a story. Yeah, entertain Whatever. me, please. Uh, Stuntman, driver. You know, Albert Brooks is scary. Go. Okay, good. Yes. All right. Let's just get to the end of it. Uh-huh. Uh, the music was cool. I liked his jacket. Awesome. That's that's. I can leave that aside. But there does seem to be, and I've I've seen it on film, Twitter, and podcasts where people real they kind of they want room enough to maneuver themselves into the movie that they're consuming, sure. and that seems to really tickle them in a way that I don't know if it <laughs> if it if it does for me because I want to see fucking movie mm-hmm. stars, I want to see gods on screen, Fantasy. yes, and you have mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you have Pitt, you have Chastain. And you don't use it. Fine. Edit out pin. That's cool. That's, I, you know, there's no way he is the product of those, those particular loins. No way those two created Sean Penn. Yep. And if so, that's, that's its own plot. That's, you know, James Wan, get him in here to direct a horror movie about how Sean Penn came from those two. Uh, can't happen. Uh, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't find myself in that particular mood, but it sounds like it's been rather consistent for you as far as when you've, you've come to Tree of Life. So you've not had these sort of, you know, this ebb and flow like I have with it. Yeah, no, so, but I think this maybe is only, I think I've seen it now three times, so it's not a movie that I Special come occasion. back to. Um, <laughs> a podcast. Yeah, yeah, a <laughs> podcast. Someone told me to, so I watched it. Um, no, but I was just thinking, this is one of those movies that I have literally never been in the mood to watch this. <laughs> like, this is not a movie that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna watch Tree of Life tonight. Thank you no, for listening. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Tree of Life episode. But but every time I watch it (laughs) But every time I watch it, I am wowed by it all over again. Like, but you have to have the time and it's you know, we've talked about this before with these movies on these lists. It's effortful. Like this is not a movie you just this is not I mean we'll talk about it soon. This is not lucky you. This is not a movie that you (laughs) just like pop on. 
that's what I aim for here. But it is great. And I, I go through this with, with a lot of movies that I hold in very high esteem. Um, you know, over on, um, over on my other podcast, the one that I do with Derek, you're less my command. We just watched mirror, a Tarkovsky Ugh. movie. And like, I, I own it and I probably, I probably won't watch that for another five or 10 years unless there's someone that I want to show it to. Right. But it's not a movie that I could just I, pop on. And that's why I I'd wish like, you had not shown it to me in the podcast feed. I'm like, what is this horseshit? <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. And that's why you'll love this. And someday, Mike, now that we're doing a show with list, you're going to have to watch Lawrence of Arabia. This is why I put Lawrence of Arabia in a different category than even mm. these movies, because that's a movie I can just like, even though it's like hundred hours long i could just like pop it on and be like oh man i love being in this world i love these performances it's fun it's big it's epic this is a great time and it's a great movie whereas tree of life is not a movie where i'm like i'm having a great time watching this terrence malick movie <laughs> no sir it is work it absolutely is so it's like it is great it would be probably on my list of a thousand and one movies but it does become a movie like oh quote unquote you should watch this movie um which is always a really good way to go into a movie like homework <laughs> like yeah this thing you're doing with your free time sit down put your glasses on and really focus now this is no talking no enjoying just watch the tree of life just to uh, bring it uh, back here's another uh, from trilogy in theory another trilogy that got vetoed by my superhero loving uh friend on there Ugh, i have a trilogy that i called name that explorer and uh lawrence okay. of arabia larry of arabia was the very first one chronologically and we we ended okay. that trilogy with indiana jones and the temple of doom mm -hmm. i thought this would be lovely to do yeah he said no. yeah <laughs> what was what was movie number two uh, what was the one in the middle? A Herzog movie. I can't remember one of his jungle escapades. I don't have the notes in okay, front of me, but sure. sure. Those are heavy hitters, sure. right? Yeah. I mean, I love both of those movies. Can I be, can I be a special guest on that trilogy? I mean, trilogy? it's the I only way it can get recorded. <laughs> because of yes, let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a... Uh... And behind the scenes for our listeners, I've been trying to get Mike to watch Lawrence of Arabia almost literally since the day mm. I met him. I bought him a copy of the movie. Shrink wrap. It is still in shrink wrap. <laughs> I know. You motherfucker. <laughs> the greatest movie ever made. Mike, please watch this. I'll get to it when it's on a podcast. So we're going to make it happen on some podcast. I don't care which one. We just got to make it happen. Since this is a part of a series. You know, this is now uh, like one of those stupid Marvel movies in air quotes on Disney Plus. Yes. Uh, I will now remind you that I did spend $5.29 on Curtis Hansen's Lucky You, which is our next episode. Oh, jeez. And I watched it immediately. I just <laughs> I, I just think Mike is afraid that like this is a setup, and I'm only friends with him until I get him to watch Lawrence of Arabia. Like, this is my grail quest. Uh, It'd be fitting for Mike thematically with that movie, movie right? Just, just, exactly, okay. yes. Well, uh, yeah. oh, I was about to say you're in luck, uh, but I can't do that. I can't transition. Oh, you're in luck. You. Terrible. Is that what you're? Leave us a review <laughs> <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>